Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guys. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. However you found us, we are glad you did. This has been a wild sports day, even by even by sports and even by NBA standards. We've been probably saying to each other jokingly and, and even not over the Zoom and through the glass here, this league! This league! You can join the conversation here with us on the CC call-in line, one eight 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 say espn 888-729-3776. Joining us on that CC call-in line is one of the C's. It's Chris Carlin, host of this here program on ESPN Radio, at Chris Carlin there on Twitter. Uh, Chris, we thought we had one thing coming in. We thought it was Harden, and then the bombshell from college football dropped, and we thought it was that, and then as we're getting plugged in, as we're getting set up, it's the Kevin Durant news. So that's where we're going to start. We're going to sort of tackle the bear closest to the sled here. Kevin Durant opting out again, facilitating and choosing his own future again, right around the 4th of July again. I mean, it harkens back to what he did in 2016 going to Golden State. You processed all of this. You had a little bit more time to do it. How does it grab you? It's the most gutless move, I think, in professional sports history. And that might be harsh, but might be. Here's why. <laughs> here's why. <laughs> when I when I look at everything that has transpired over the last few years and everything that the Brooklyn Nets have done to capitulate to Kevin Durant and to Kyrie Irving to try to win a championship. Everything that they have gone through for, of developing incredible talent, trading it away, trading away all the picks to get Harden here, then getting rid of Harden to keep him happy, uh, then just letting Kyrie do basically whatever he wanted all year long, and KD had his back on it the entire time, you basically have just said to the Nets, screw you over the last few years. Screw you on everything that you have done for us to make us happy. We're not happy anymore. You think you're tough with Kyrie just uh, getting him to opt in. Well, we want out. And to me, with Kevin Durant, you wanted to go and do this on your own. It was important for you and your legacy to go somewhere else, to leave Golden State after all the heat that he got there and build it yourself and have people follow you there in actuality, he followed Kyrie to Brooklyn, and he has never been a leader of this team. Kyrie has always been the alpha dog, and sometimes there are leaders on teams that take you down the wrong path. And and that, to me, is what has happened here. And, and Durant, in a situation where, in his mind, times have gotten tough, all right, pack it in, send me somewhere else. I think that's gutless on my part, that, on his part, rather. I just, I think it's a gutless move. So he has a list right now of two teams that include the Phoenix Suns and include the Miami Heat. There's reports out there that Brooklyn's trying to play a little hardball, doesn't necessarily want to send him to Phoenix unless they get Devin Booker back in return. If you were Sean Marks, where are you sending Kevin Durant? Oklahoma City. <laughs> the irony of it all coming full circle isn't that great yeah uh, sacramento wherever he really doesn't want to go that's where i'm sending him. now I, I i'm going where i can get the best deal it's nice that you have a list but this is actually one situation where durant really does not have a lot of say in where is he where he's going to go he's got a four-year contract here and if you're going to tell somebody i'm not going to come and play for you well 
it, it, it's not necessarily going to work because the Nets have to get the best deal possible for them. And if Durant's going to take that even further, it's, it's making it even worse. Uh, and I also think that like any team that wants to trade for Durant, I completely understand that. But yeah, Devin Booker has to come back and Michael Bridges has to come back in that deal. And every first round pick you have for the next five years and swap you have for the next five years has to come back in, in, in all of that. Um, you know, I heard a caller with you guys earlier talking about Denver and, you know, getting him to play with Jokic. That's fine. Like Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And all those picks exactly like what you're talking about. I, if I'm Sean Marks right now, I'm not working all that hard to capitulate to what Durant wants. I have to do what is going to get my team competitive in the shortest term possible. And, and I think that's really going to be an incredibly difficult thing uh, over the coming days here for, for Marks. But he should get a lot in return. We're talking with Chris Carlin, host of the Canty and Carlin program here on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guy. So one CC is still here, Courtney Cronin. Uh, I'm the uh, outlier in the in, in the interloper. I, I'm curious about Kyrie Irving's role in all this. I, I have my own feelings on him. And it, I, I've been able to sort of separate, right, the basketball player when he's on the floor versus everything else <laughs> and every other personality yeah. that he has off of the floor. And I'm curious, in your mind, what level of responsibility Kyrie deserves for what we're seeing today with Kevin Durant? I think an incredible amount. As somebody with the Nets told me last week, you know, when you sign these guys, you're not just signing them, you're signing all of their problems. And we have seen that uh, at work here uh, quite a bit lately. I, I think Kyrie is the actual leader here. I think he's the guy that he and Durant may be very close, and, and that's terrific, but just going back to the point earlier, if Durant as the second best player in the league at one point, probably the best overall player right now is just going to do and back up Kyrie at every turn. I think you have to really take a swipe at, at, at both of them if, or put blame on both of them, I should say, because Kyrie clearly does not care about really anything but Kyrie. You know, he, I don't think winning is a big priority for Kyrie Irving at this point in his life. And that's fine, but you can't expect to to get a max contract for four years when you didn't show up, not just this year, but last year when he took two weeks off without telling the Nets where he was going. Like that, that kind of stuff just can't happen. And so I blame Kyrie quite a bit for it all. And as far as the two of them wanting to play together, yeah, that's another thing where I don't really care if I'm Sean Marks. If a team wants the two of them together, that's great. Hand me your entire roster and your entire draft for the next few years, and it still may not be good enough. But I'm not worried about if I get the best deal in packaging the two of them together somewhere. I have to look at it if, well, if I get a better deal for Kyrie over here and I get this deal for KD over here – then that's what I'm going to do. So before this news exploded onto uh, our Thursday afternoon, free agency just an hour away from starting, Kevin Durant shaking things up. 
quite a bit. There's a big shakeup in the college football landscape. UCLA and USC are reportedly headed to the Big Ten. And Chris, I know you call football games for Rutgers University, which is a part of the Big Ten, one of the newer members within the last decade or so. So I'm curious, how do we how are we supposed to view what's happening? in college football because it feels like this alleged alliance between the Pac-12, the (laughs) ACC, and the Big Ten has now been punted out the window and teams are poaching or conferences are poaching other um, conferences' teams. Like, are we headed towards having basically two super conferences or is there any way that we can try to keep some of the competitive uh, balance of power here within other conferences that are not named the SEC or the Big Ten? Yeah, I, I think a couple of things. Number one, you know, alliances on Survivor lasted longer. <laughs> Let's call it what it was, you know. You, and really, what's funny about the alliance thing is that you had three brand new commissioners that were forming that alliance. But that was never going to last because whatever each one had to do for the betterment of themselves, they were going to do. So I think that was out the window. I have had the feeling really since Texas and Oklahoma left last year, the big 12 that we are headed for the three super conferences. And I am not stunned at all by the big 10 going to USC and UCLA. I think that next, the big 10 will absolutely try to get Stanford and Cal. And, you know, I heard John who broke the story on earlier. I I absolutely think that they will try to get Washington uh, as well. And maybe Oregon, uh, the Phil Knight thing, there's a lot of Big Ten schools that have Nike as their school uh, or as their uh, sponsor. I think that would be uh, something that you could absolutely look for um, because what is it about? It's all about these TV markets, right? You're adding number two in Los Angeles. Uh, number six would be San Francisco between Stanford and Cal. Number 12 would be Seattle. So it, it just makes entirely too much sense, and it is – we are going to be off for a mad dash here. Imagine today being Brett Yormark, who just became the commissioner of the Big 12, and this is all happening. Like, the world's on fire. Now you have to try to go and grab other schools as you can. I think that was a huge mistake by the Big 12 to hire Brett Yormark, who doesn't have any experience in college athletics. Um, that, that is going to be very tricky uh, from the get-go. But, Courtney, I, I absolutely think that we are headed for three super conferences that within the next five years will completely break away from the NCAA. I'm fascinated to see what this does to the playoff as well. Chris, really appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Thank you for checking in. We're house-sitting. We understand it. We'll try not to go uh, full Hurley-He boy in the pool, okay? We'll try to make sure that we take care of everything. Let the boys sleep Don't eat all in the your chips. <laughs> Chris, appreciate it, buddy. He's the host of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, at Chris Carlin uh, on Twitter. So we've talked about, listen, this is a tremendous dovetail as we go from this uh, this conference seismic tectonic plate realignment here to the discussion of loyalty in sports, specifically professional sports. We'll dive into that as we are now just... 47 minutes away from the official start to NBA free agency. It's Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott with you on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app and Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Plus as well. We're brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. Proud to serve members of the armed forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Randy Scott and Courtney Cronin in for the guys at Randy Scott ESPN. You can see me on SportsCenter AM tomorrow, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern over on ESPN2. We're moved aside because of uh, Wimbledon tennis going on. Strawberries and cream and all that good stuff. A bunch of Ians watching tennis. At Courtney R. Cronin for Courtney Cronin, our NFL voice, first take voice uh, extraordinaire as well. How was uh, how was the show earlier today? It was so much fun. Yeah, I, you know, it's a dream to get to go on with Mad Dog. I mean, that was yeah. the last two days have been. I mean, this whole week has been incredible doing first take, but getting to be in New York in his city debating Aaron Judge uh, <laughs> with a legend himself. Not everybody likes my takes, but uh, I love doing it. It is such a fun opportunity. <laughs> not, not, not everybody loves my takes, but that's all right. I mean, I said Judge is a more exciting player than Shohei Otani. And honestly, yeah. I stand by that because Shohei Otani is not in the midst of a home run race right now chasing 61. And he's on a bad team. So, yeah, I stand by that. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's allowed to have wrong takes. So It's not yeah, a like, wrong feel, take, Randy Scott. Don't feel bad about being on the incorrect side of the take. I mean, this is, this is such a busy sports afternoon. It wasn't as busy as it was when we were on air earlier, so I feel like <laughs> we have the forum now to open up the floor to get your take on that. But uh, yeah. if the roles were reversed, I don't know if we'd be talking about that this morning. Well, Shohei's more, Shohei's more interesting. Aaron Judge has a personality of the desk that I'm sitting at right now. Like, he is not an electrifying <laughs> dude. Shohei is. Even electrifying through the language, on the field. Even through the language barrier. Like, a winning team, you're right. Like, the Yankees, the pinstripe, the whole thing. The fact that they're both Ruthian in what they're doing. Aaron Judge, 30 home runs before July. The last Yankees player to do it was Babe Ruth, twice. 1928. I want to say 1930. I'm not trying to go full mad dog on the dates. But <laughs> Shohei doing the, the like pitching and hitting and winning an MVP I- award and being elite at both. More exciting than Aaron Judge. I definitely am not discrediting at all what Mm. Shohei Otani brings to the game of baseball. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about all that he did last year in that All-Star game, pitching a perfect inning, going yard, I believe it was 28 times, and thinking about the All-Star game that's coming up and that Aaron Judge says as of right now he's not going to be in the home run derby, and that bothers me because that's the national stage where everybody is watching your product on an otherwise very slow week in sports, but – 
If you haven't been introduced to the Aaron Judge show, I don't know what rock you're living under because it is exciting. (laughs) I hope the Yankees get out of their own way and let him actually contend for the record set by Roger Maris, the real record, not the Barry Bonds fake PED era record of 61 home runs in a season. I hope he gets it. I think I've said multiple times on radio, I don't believe that he will, but let's hope things, and this is coming from someone who is not a Yankees fan, let's hope things break the way for the Yankees. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, in order for them to, to, to let Aaron Judge contend for this record, because baseball is a sport right now where it's typically about records, but for some reason they get a little weird about it in letting people actually chase these records during the season when they get close. All right, watch me segue like a mall cop here, okay? Because what I'm going to do is use Aaron Judge as sort of the jumping off point for this discussion that we were going to have about loyalty in sports. Because Aaron Judge is homegrown by the New York sure Yankees. Is. It had to go to arbitration to try to squeeze a couple extra million dollars out of the New York Yankees, of all things. So I have an example of tremendous loyalty from team to player in the four major North American sports. And I'm going to use that as sort of the standard, sort of the elite, um, I, I, I want to say like record against which a lot of this loyalty is measured. I don't know that we're going to be able to come up with a concrete example of player to team, though. So we'll dive into the loyalty angle in sports. Aaron Judge and the Yankees, maybe not a great example, but we have a team from the National League that is a tremendous example. That plus is Jalen Brunson, a bigger loss for the Mavs or a bigger gain for the Knicks. Courtney's full of wrong takes today. Take the opposite. We'll fade Courtney Cronin's takes. She's rolling her eyes so hard. I can't handle this. <gasps> I've Kant- slept like three hours oh. yelling at my takes. What's that like? On Canty and Carlin on ESPN <laughs> Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus as well. We're brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union, proud to serve members of the armed forces, DOD, veterans, and their families. Our members are the mission. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Randy Scott and Courtney Cronin in for the guys at Randy Scott ESPN. You can see me on SportsCenter AM tomorrow, uh, 7 a.m. Eastern, over on ESPN 2. We're moved aside because of uh, Wimbledon tennis going on. Strawberries and cream and all that good stuff. A bunch of Ians watching tennis. At Courtney R. Cronin for Courtney Cronin, our NFL voice, first take voice uh, extraordinaire as well. How was uh, how was the show earlier today? It was so much fun. Yeah, I, you know, it's a dream to get to go on with Mad Dog. I mean, that was yeah. the last two days have been. I mean, this whole week has been incredible doing first take, but getting to be in New York in his city debating Aaron Judge. 
uh, with a legend himself. Not everybody likes my takes, but uh, I love doing it. It is such a fun opportunity. <laughs> not, not, not everybody loves my takes, but that's all right. I mean, I said Judge is a more exciting player than Shohei Otani. And honestly, yeah. I stand by that because Shohei Otani is not in the midst of a home run race right now chasing 61. And he's on a bad team. So, yeah, I stand by that. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody's allowed to have wrong takes. So It's not yeah, a like, wrong feel, take, Randy Scott. Don't feel bad about being on the incorrect side of the take. I mean, this is, this is such a busy sports afternoon. It wasn't as busy as it was when we were on air earlier. So I feel like <laughs> we have the forum now to open up the floor to get your take on that. But uh, yeah. if the roles were reversed, I don't know if we'd be talking about that this morning. Well, Shohei's more Shohei's more. Interesting. Aaron Judge has a personality of the desk that I'm sitting at right now. Like he is not an electrifying <laughs> dude. Shohei is even electrifying through the language, on the field. Even through the language barrier, like a winning team. You're right. Like the Yankees, the pinstripe, the whole thing. The fact that they're both Ruthian in what they're doing. Aaron Judge, 30 home runs before July. The last Yankees player to do it was Babe Ruth twice. 1928. I want to say 1930. I'm not trying to go full Mad Dog on the dates, but <laughs> Shohei doing the like pitching and hitting and winning an MVP award and being elite at both. More exciting than Aaron Judge. I definitely am not discrediting at all what mm. Shohei Otani brings to the game of baseball. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think about all that he did last year in that All-Star game, pitching a perfect inning, going yard, I believe it was 28 times, and thinking about the All-Star game that's coming up and that Aaron Judge says as of right now he's not going to be in the home run derby, and that bothers me because that's the national stage where everybody is watching your product on an otherwise very slow week in sports, but – if you haven't been introduced to the Aaron Judge show, I don't know what rock you're living under because it is exciting. <laughs> I hope the Yankees get out of their own way and let him actually contend for the record set by Roger Maris, the real record, not the Barry Bonds fake PED era record of 61 home runs in a season. I hope he gets it. I think I've said multiple times on radio, I don't believe that he will, but let's hope things, and this is coming from someone who is not a Yankees fan, let's hope things break the way for the Yankees. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, in order for them to, to, to let Aaron Judge contend for this record, because baseball is a sport right now where it's typically about records, but for some reason they get a little weird about it in letting people actually chase these records during the season when they get close. All right, watch me segue like a mall cop here, okay? Because what I'm going to do is use Aaron Judge as sort of the jumping off point for this discussion that we were going to have about loyalty in sports. Because Aaron Judge is homegrown by the New York sure Yankees. Is. It had to go to arbitration to try to squeeze a couple extra million dollars out of the New York Yankees, of all things. So I have an example of tremendous loyalty from team to player in the four major North American sports. And I'm going to use that as sort of the standard, sort of the elite, um, I, I, I want to say like record against which a lot of this loyalty is measured. I don't know that we're going to be able to come up with a concrete example of player to team, though. So we'll dive into the loyalty angle in sports. Aaron Judge and the Yankees, maybe not a great example, but we have a team from the National League that is a tremendous example. That plus is Jalen Brunson, a bigger loss for the Mavs or a bigger gain for the Knicks. Courtney's full of wrong takes today. Take the opposite. We'll fade Courtney Cronin's takes. She's rolling her eyes so hard. Can't handle this. On I've Cant- slept like three hours. Y'all oh. yelling at my takes. What's that like? On Canty and Carlin <laughs> on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
All right, you heard our next guest there in the uh, Sports Center update there from Doug Brown. It's Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 and ESPN Plus. She's Courtney Cronin there at the Seaport in New York. I'm Randy Scott holding it down here in Bristol. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can join the conversation on the CC call-in line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. We're talking about the best landing spot for Kevin Durant. We're talking about the machinations behind NBA free agency set to start in about 28 minutes from now. It's Tim McMahon joining us, our ESPN NBA reporter, uh, breaking the news of the Jalen Brunson signing. And it, one of the worst kept secrets probably about NBA free agency was the uh, the interest here that New York Tim had in Jalen Brunson. This deal getting done the way it did. I know the word tampering was thrown around a little bit with regard to some of these meetings. What can you tell us about how today and the later hours of yesterday shook out between teams and the Brunson camp that ultimately led to him heading to New York to play for the Knicks. Yeah, and and yesterday, you know, news came out. Well, he's going to meet with the Knicks, the Mavericks, and the Heat mm-hmm. uh, in New York today. And you know, the Heat this morning basically like mm, we're not involved in this. That's uh, <laughs> you know, our name's been and we ain't in it. And then the Mavericks, uh, you know, the, the Mavericks got word uh, just within the last hour or so. And hey, uh, thanks for coming all the way up here to New York, but really no need to meet. Not going to change my mind. And look, the Knicks, in addition to the all the deep family ties uh, that they have with Rick Brunson, a, a Knicks assistant coach now, uh, Leon Rose, the president who represented Rick Brunson, represented Jalen Brunson at the beginning of his career, and we, you know, on down the line, they are offering a lot more money and a lot bigger role. Uh, and, and the Mavericks were not going to match or increase, uh, you know, match or outbid the Knicks on the money. And obviously, he's not going to be the primary playmaker on a Dallas Mavericks team that features Luka Doncic. So the Mavericks had several chances to get something done with Jalen Brunson, the reported four-year, $55 million contract extension that was on the table but never came to light. So I'm wondering if you can kind of surmise, like, how did we get here, considering he did go on to emerge into a full-time starter um, and had a great season this year as the secondary piece next to Luka Doncic? Like, obviously there's going to be some regret, Tim, but how, in a way, did, did the Mavericks mess this one up? Well, going into uh, the, the season, Brunson had you know, he was he was had established himself as a good player, but had a rough playoff series. Had not emerged as a starter yet. Was a six man of the year candidate, and that four years fifty six, the Mavericks weren't quite sure that that was you know that was a, a fair market value for Brunson. Which, in hindsight, <laughs> certainly sounds crazy because he's about to get twice that much. Then in January, and, and I didn't know this until Rick Brunson told me during the playoffs, the Brunsons went to the Mavericks at that point and said, hey, if you put, if you put that extension on the table now, you know, Jalen will sign it. And the Mavericks at that point made a calculated risk, a, a, a calculated decision. If they'd assigned him to the extension then, they would not have been able to trade him before the deadline. Not that they were looking to trade him, but they knew if a star became available, they need they need to be able to include Jalen Brunson in that deal. They would have needed to include Dorian Finney-Smith in that deal. It's not a coincidence that Dorian Finney-Smith agreed to that same extension, which was a max that he could also be offered, immediately after the trade deadline. Jalen Brunson could have agreed to that extension immediately after the trade deadline. The Mavericks put it on the table. At that point, 
he knew, hey, I've outplayed that number. And honestly, I, I think at the time, he thought, I've outplayed that number by about 20 million bucks. You know, he probably thought, I'm 75, maybe 80 over four years was the market for him. The people I talked to thought that was about right. He obviously blew up during the playoffs. Luke was hurt the first few games of the playoffs. But Mavs win two of those three games, and those wins, Brunson goes for 41. He goes for 31. <laughs> uh, I interviewed Rick Brunson right after that, and I quote, ain't no discount. And he de- there definitely was no discount for the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, they followed, the Brunsons followed through on the word with that for sure. Okay, so so now that we know this, that he's headed somewhere else to the New York Knicks, and he's going to get paid because the Dallas Mavericks did not want to do that. Um, are they expected to try to like pursue any other guards in free agency? Because you think about you've got there's Spencer Dinwiddie right there, Tim Hardaway mm-hmm. Jr. is due back from injury, Goran Dragic right. is probably a target after the Mavs will go after some wing and front line depth. Like how do they, do they replace Jalen Brunson or how are they going about this now? Well, the the short answer is they don't replace Jalen Brunson. You know, as you mentioned, Tim Hardaway Jr. Who missed the entire playoffs in the last few months of the regular season because of a broken foot is due back. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, when they acquired him, the Porzingis traded the deadline, you know, part of the thought process there was, Hey, you know, if Brunson does end up leaving, then we've at least got a little bit of insurance here. But, hey, this is a huge blow. The, the Mavericks don't have cap space. You know, they're, they're a little bit over the luxury tax right now. They needed – they just – they're about to lose an asset probably for nothing. Maybe they can create some sort of a trade exception if if they can get a sign-and-trade worked out. Um, but they're not, they're not seeing Jalen Brunson walking out the door and saying, okay, we're, here's how – we're going to replace them in free agency. They're saying, hey, our priorities in free agency, priority one was to get Brunson done. That's a whiff. Still need to improve the wing depth. Still need to, they feel like, improve uh, the big man depth. You know, JaVel McGee is, is a primary target. Gary Payton II second, somebody they have interest in, but I, I think that's going to be a tough one to get done. I, I'm not so sure the Warriors are going to let him walk away. And then Goran Dragic is somebody they are always going to have interest in um you know for one good reason he's uh, a guy that uh, Luka Doncic has looked up to his entire life but now Dragic coming in likely on a minimum there might be a pretty significant role for him we're talking with Tim McMahon the man behind the reporter or behind the report rather uh, about Jalen Brunson making it official and going to the New York Knicks we have about a about 45 seconds left him but I gotta ask you about DeAndre Ayton seems like a fit rim protector scorer Obviously, there's some financial wiggle room now with the salary cap. What level of interest is there for Dallas in DeAndre? There's no path there. The, the Mavericks have no cap space. They don't? Uh, even even the, losing Brunson the way they have? The, the, the Mavericks are over the luxury tax. Oh boy. Forget, the, forget the salary cap. They are over the luxury tax. Um, hey, I, I'll tell you this. If, broke, if DeAndre broke. wants to come to if – if, if he wants to come to Dallas for <laughs> – uh, taxpayer exception. I'm sure they'd love to have them. It ain't happened. <laughs> oh, man. So maybe this is the uh, the ceiling for at least the foreseeable future with, with regard to a, a playoff run for Dallas there. That's such a such a shame. Like, Luka can't do it all on his own. And, and obviously the rim protection issues, the defensive issues were exposed oh, in the postseason. All right. Hey, Tim, we appreciate the time. Appreciate the insight. We know you've been busy. We know you'll be busy over the next 48 hours. So thanks for making some time all for right. us. All right. Thanks for having me. All right, Tim McMahon, our ESPN 
NBA reporter. You can find him at ESPN underscore MacMan, uh, and he's dialed in to the Mavericks, dialed into a lot of things, not only in the Western Conference but the Eastern Conference as well, uh, heading into NBA postseason. I thought DeAndre Ayton made too much, made, made a ton of sense, Courtney, but the money's got to be there. Yeah, of course, and I mean the sign and trade factor for for Ayton for the potential mm-hmm. teams because the Suns have made it clear that even though he is a young, talented center, that they don't want to pay what it would cost for the rookie max extension. And it sounds like the Dallas Mavericks might be running out of funds to make <laughs> something like that happen, according to Tim McMahon's reporting. So uh, uh-huh. I like your I like the way you phrase it. They're broke, bro. Let's dive into the team he's headed to and pose this question: Which New York organization do you have more confidence in, the Knicks or the Nets? It's Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott in for the guys. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott in for the guys. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. I'm not a Knicks fan. It's one of my favorite things about myself, Courtney. I'm not a sucker for punishment. I didn't grow up with the birthright to have to bear that cross as a basketball fan. Sort of a sort of a free agent. I root for players. I don't know. I'll have to root for the team. And I, I just inform all this. To say, I'm not a Knicks fan, I'm not a Nets fan, and I'm glad of it today. In what organization, Courtney, would you have more confidence in? Is it the New York Knicks, or is it the Brooklyn Nets? Oddly enough, it's the Knicks right now, and I'm saying this one calendar week removed from when they traded out of the first round and gave up all of their draft capital. I know that we just talked with Tim McMahon, ESPN NBA reporter, who broke the news of Jalen Brunson signing as a free agent with the Knicks, and I don't think that that solves all of their problems. But you've got to applaud them for their their pursuit, the one that they made in order to get Jalen Brunson, because you look on the other side of the bridge at the Brooklyn Nets, and I and I don't want to like crush Sean Marks, the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets, for this. But in one calendar year, he will have lost James Harden. Kevin Durant just asked out via a trade, and you can bet that Kyrie Irving isn't going to want to be there either. Three superstar players in one year. How can you have any trust in that organization from this point on? And the fact of the matter, they have Ben Simmons on the roster, a guy who's probably not even going to play for them. Do you look at it, though, as at the very least you had those players to lose, right? Like, if you've done it once. You had the players, but you didn't do anything with it. And I know so much of this has mitigating circumstances that are based on Kyrie Irving doing whatever the hell he wants to, taking Mm -hmm. vacations in the middle of the season, refusing and defying to get the COVID-19 vaccine, defying what the organization wanted him to do. They tried, but I just, I have to look at this from like a realistic perspective. They tried and they failed. So So I have zero faith in them right now. But they're, okay, so maybe it's almost like with whom are you more sympathetic? Because if you have that friend in your life, that keeps, you know, that their dating history is awful. Their relationship history is awful. They keep making the same mistakes, and they keep thinking, no, I can be the one to change her. I can be the one to change him. Like, I, I can fix whatever ails this obviously flawed person. So how much blame do you put on your poor misguided friend? And I'm going to put Sean Marks in that in that area because obviously the Nets thought, no, no, once we get Kyrie in our building, we can change him. And obviously, no one can. So I wonder how much blame goes to the Nets. And obviously, the thought is, like, they thought it was about the basketball. With Kyrie, it's never about the hoops. Couldn't be be a better, more succinct effort to nail that. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. (laughs) 
It's Katie and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott in for the guys at Randy Scott ESPN on Twitter, at Courtney R. Cronin on Twitter. And again, you can uh, join the conversation on the CC call-in line, one eight 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 say espn 888-729-3776. We're getting ready for about, what, 14 minutes from now, the official start to NBA free agency. We already have one domino that has fallen, albeit unofficially because the deal cannot be uh, formally signed, but it's Jalen Brunson heading to the New York Knicks and leaving Luka Doncic. And now what we have learned are the cash-strapped Dallas Mavericks very much in his rear view. I mean, how how good is no state income tax when you don't have any actual salary to pay players? Uh, but let's talk about the salary element as it pertains to the Eastern Conference. And I'm curious, Courtney, how your view or what your view of James Harden is now with the news that he has opted out of his of his player option with the 76ers expected to take upwards of a $10 million pay cut, haircut, however you want to phrase it, beard trim, how about it, to stay in Philadelphia and sort of afford that franchise more opportunity, more roster flexibility to build a winner around him, around Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Matisse Thibel, like the pieces that are there. That news, not a lock by any means. Uh, He could change his mind. We've seen that in free agencies past where maybe he decides to go somewhere else. But at the very least, him opting out does not mean he's out of Philadelphia. In fact, the exact opposite. More likely to stay and perhaps afford some roster flexibility to the team. You hear all that, Courtney, and you think what? I think he's a man of his word because after they got bounced by the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference semifinals, someone asked him, would you take less than the than the uh, than your what your player option is worth, which I believe is forty seven million dollars. And he talked at that point about a month and a half ago about doing whatever he needed to do to help this roster and help the Philadelphia 76ers build this roster. He's no dummy. He realized what every everything that Daryl Morey had to do to bring him to Philadelphia and all that it would cost and in the assets too. Think about everything they sent to Brooklyn from Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, a bunch of depth pieces, some picks in there too. He knew that if this team is going to be competitive this year with him staying he can't afford to, you know, take the biggest piece of the pie here as it pertains to his salary and the salary cap and what that means for this team. They can't afford to give away any more of their depth. They can't afford to give him what he, you know, what a lot of people thought he would have opted into. And now it's not to say like he will stay there like you said. I mean, I think but all signs are pointing towards that. You know, the big thing was he could have taken that max contract to north of $200 million with the Brooklyn Nets last year. Thought he would get yeah. more. Yeah. And so I'm sure he's probably kicking himself right now. But this, to me, shows self-awareness of a player who knew that he was out of shape, knew that his shooting struggles were costing this team in the postseason, knows that he's not a very good postseason player, and is not going to try to like squeeze every last bit out of the vine in order to get Philadelphia to give him what he wants at the cost of having a better roster elsewhere. Like, I just think it was a smart move. It was a self-aware move from James Harden in a league where money is everything and getting these hundreds of millions of dollars for these players. They've worked for it, but he also realizes I can't do. I'm not at the caliber of player. I'm not 2018 James Harden. I'm not 2015 James Harden. I'm not the version of myself that could lift a team in the postseason because I've never done it. 
So you know he needs he knows that he needs more help around him in the form of other players and not having to, you know, trade everybody else away to make him happy right. and, to, and to make Joel Embiid happy too because isn't that at the end of the day he's your superstar. He's the guy that you want to champion a, a deep playoff run. So you've got to put more pieces around the two of them in order to make that happen. So I look at James Harden, I look at a guy who played 21 games in the Sixers uniform, right? He scored 21 points per game, so his scoring average was down a couple of points from the portion of the season that he played with the Brooklyn Nets. There is always a honeymoon bump with Harden on new teams. We saw it in the jump to Houston, we saw it in the jump to Brooklyn, and we saw it in the jump to Philly. The honeymoon, though, gets shorter with each marriage. You go from, hey, listen, honey, we're going to Tahiti, okay? We're going to Bora Bora, the -the over-the-water huts, everything in your Instagram feed that's been targeting you for years. We're doing that. That's the first marriage. Second marriage, babe, sandals, okay? (laughs) We're going to sandals. We got that private butler service, plunge pool, no big deal. Third marriage, babe, how do you feel about the Poconos? How do you feel about a road trip? Like, that's that's what the honeymoon is with James Harden. So I don't know what it's going to be if it's a new team, but I also know that you need to extend the honeymoon. You need some effort. If you're James Harden, take care of yourself. Keep yourself in shape, right? The marriage the marriage analogies, the, the threads go a little bit deeper here. That's what it is. Like, he has to... He has to understand that it's not just the the financial flexibility. He needs to give more of himself with regard to the prep, the preseason, the off-season work that goes into keeping himself in shape so that he can hit the ground running and there's no adjustment anymore. So they can see that they can fully realize the potential of this roster. He's 32 years old, which I have a hard time fathoming that because I know he got into the league when he was I believe 20 years old so we've seen him for a long time he's a 10-time all-star for a reason but he's an old 32 as it stands right now if he can ramp up his conditioning to a point where you get back to the old very athletic James Harden who did go through the shooting struggles I think that's always going to kind of be part of his game something that he has to work around but actually finding a way to work around it then that's the James Harden that's going to like be part of this really cool redemption story if he's able and wants to see it through. But given all that we know about Kyrie Irving and now all that we're hearing about Kevin Durant and you know the people that he was teamed up with in Brooklyn, and we're always weighing that trade, right? We're weighing saying, who won? Was it the Nets in getting uh, Ben Simmons and all the other pieces around him? Well, we thought that might have been the case if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were going to stay and we actually got to see that season through. Or is it or is it James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers? Because right now it's looking like that's going to end up being the winner in all of this. And I know they couldn't predict the mess that sits on their hands right now, the Brooklyn Nets that is. But I, I would like to see James Harden get back to the old James Harden, because the version that we've seen the last few years is kind of just like a sad version of a player who I don't want to remember as a has-been. Somebody I want to remember as is being able to kind of slay his own playoff demons because it's something he has not been able to do at this point of his career and really just do it for Joel Embiid because he's done so much for that organization and to fall short every single time is a bummer. Okay, so he's got 13 NBA seasons. He's turning 33 next month in in August we should say so he'll be 33 by the time this season starts I think the old James Harden is gone and I don't want to say I I think this current James Harden can still be effective he's not you know a bruiser he's not going to age like an NBA big man but he has to take care of himself 
He he has to, you know, a, a game that where his game thrives on step backs and respecting a jumper and getting to the rim at times. He showed a marked decrease in ability and frequency to be able to do that last season to say nothing of sort of falling off in the postseason, which is the second straight one for him where he hasn't shot the basketball. And that sounds anathema to what we thought James Harden was, who we thought he was. At the very least, though, with regard to this financial commitment, he's shown some deference and shown some willingness to put the team above himself. So we'll see what Philadelphia is able to do it. We'll also see where Kevin Durant ends up. We could get our answer tonight as NBA free agency tips off in six minutes on Canteen Carlin on ESPN Radio.